Hello everyone, hope you are all doing well and welcome back to the Brawn and Brains podcast with me, Kev Gomez and Ben Stanners. Uh, obviously, we kind of took last week off, so this is going to be a bit of a, you know, what's up episode, just give you some updates on, on where we're at. Uh, certainly some very cool things to come very soon on here. Um, so yeah, it, was, it was almost just taking a, a, a bit of well-deserved time off after pumping out a bunch of episodes, getting a getting a few plans in the pipeline ready ready to roll out and uh yeah we're we're back and ready to to give you some more cool content so plenty mm-hmm. plenty of cool plans to be unveiled very soon uh but yeah how's how's life ben busy <laughs> definitely busy um obviously you know we took last week off and realistically talking that we, we're both pretty busy um and we both still are busy uh so but you know, um, it, life might be busy, but it, it's full on. And I, I like that. You know, it, I like to stay busy. You know, realistically, we're both we are both currently students, but we're not really students who sort of just necessarily live a, a true student life. Obviously, I'm a master student now, so it's a bit different for me anyway. But we, we both like to keep busy. We both like to always work towards something, and so. Yeah. I say we're busy, but, you know, being busy is a good thing for us. But, you know, obviously last week we were just a bit too busy to have time to record and stuff. So, but we're back now. Um, hope you haven't missed us. Um, and, yeah, this, this is going to be more of a, a casual episode for sure. But, you know what, that's fine as well. You know, you'll get more of an insight into us, us as people, our, our training programs, our, just our thoughts around training, or tr- our own training, I should say. And, uh, yeah, it uh, hopefully be entertaining. Yeah, that, that definitely. Um, obviously, you know, as, as you said, both both students, so plenty going on in that regard. Especially now, kind of coming towards the end of the the year, uh, for me, kind of got a few things due. Obviously, yourself probably even even more so, and carrying on even sort of further. Um, I guess it sort of comes back to that idea of sort of manageable stress, in it, because obviously we've got we've got a lot on at the moment and as you said you know we we both sort of get off get, get off on like achieving things and having things to do um but uh at, at the same time then also kind of having to sort of, you know prioritize things accordingly so that we are keeping those those stress levels manageable and not actually just kind of eating away at ourselves which i think which i think is a, an easy trap to fall into when you've got a lot on your plate sort of almost not having enough time to to do everything that that you want so yeah, but we're we're back now. So as as you said, you know, we'll probably we'll probably use this as a bit of a an update. Obviously, now uh, I think this is actually the the first episode we've done since gyms have have been back open and life's starting to get a yes, bit more is, normal yeah. again. So that's probably the the first thing. You know, obviously we we've sort of just been sort of enjoying our time, almost getting back into proper bodybuilding as opposed to just sort of the home workouts. And yeah, uh, that's that that's been a, a huge hell of a ride on its own just getting back into things properly uh, even more enjoyable than i could have anticipated Gen- it's gone well as well it's gone very well oh, yeah j- j- just just perfect mm. um we're, we're obviously treating this as a bit more of a, a neurological phase probably safe to to say at the moment just trying to kind of drive up our our numbers more so than anything uh, especially sort of in the absence of decent load during lockdown uh, but we'll kind of go into the into the sort of nitty gritty of our training, as you said. You know, give some of our thoughts behind what we do, what we do, because I know you know we've obviously done our you know first four episodes of the education series, obviously the first of which was the fundamentals of training, and hopefully, as well as kind of spouting off on sort of the informative content, we can also sort of 
give you guys a, a, a good idea about how we apply the, the methods that, that, that we preach and how we utilize these things in, in our own yeah. training. So I don't know if you maybe want to kind of give uh, thoughts kind of around your physique and how you're sort of tailoring your training around that at the moment. And then we can probably kind of break that down a little further. Yeah. Okay, cool. So right now, well, actually, let's take it back a little bit. So about four weeks or so before the gyms open, um, both, I guess me, both me and Kev took, took our own advice and did, you know, a small little tidy up phase before gyms open. Just, you know, just do again, really allow for more time to push back up. But this is where then once gyms open back up, me and Kev slightly differed. So Kev's already put food back up. And again, I'll let you touch on that in a bit. But what I'm doing now is I'm taking a much more casual approach to nutrition. So basically my focus on nutrition right now is essentially just the focus is on, you know, protein and nutrient density. And that's pretty much it. That's where the focus is at. That's, that's what I'm trying to, I'm not tracking anything. I don't track anything unless I'm in preparation, but I'm not tracking anything. I'm just focused on protein and nutrient density with the idea being one, it's nice sometimes just to be a bit more casual. Um, but the idea being actually what I'm still trying to do is allow for a bit more recomposition to occur because in this current period, as you said, we're doing more of a neurological phase. And because again, we haven't had exposure to such heavy weights for a while, pretty much no matter what I do, I'm going to get stronger and body's going to want to recomp. So if I can just take advantage of not pushing the food whilst still being able to get stronger, then from my perspective, it makes sense to just continue to get leaner and drunk at the same time. And it's working very, very well. So I, I don't see why I would change that at the minute. And, you know, in terms of the casual approach as well, um, obviously, like I say, focus on protein and on nutrient density, but it's also that approach of, you know, if I, and we certainly have, if, if I want to have a burger, I'll have a burger, that sort of thing, you know, pretty much the way that I would suggest most lifestyle clients actually do approach their nutrition is, you know, um, again, have the right focus on the right areas of nutrition. But again, from time to time, if you just want to enjoy something, go ahead and do it and enjoy it. And again, we've arguably had the best burger that we've had ever um, last week. So yeah, um, that's pretty much my approach right now. Like I say, it, it just to me just makes sense to allow my body to continue to recomp or get leaner whilst no matter what, I'm going to get stronger. Now, when things start to stall, when I start to lose some of that rebound, then maybe, you know, I'll look at the physiques app and consider to then push body weight back up and maybe food back up. But for now, like I say, getting leaner, getting a little bit lighter, not that much lighter. It's very, very, very slow. Like, I don't know, it's probably like quarter to half a kilogram per week of weight loss uh, at most. So like weight's barely going down. But a recomp, like I say, is absolutely happening. Strength is shooting back up. It, to me, that's a perfect world. So for now, I'm just going to keep riding with that until until it stalls out. And like I say, more than anything, I guess even from like a, a quote-unquote stress management point of view, because I'm not having to do much thinking about anything, it just takes the stress out of it and really adds the enjoyment, enjoyment back into it. So again, it, it, I just don't see why I would change anything about that approach right now. It's yeah. working wonderfully. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think definitely, definitely an appropriate approach for you. Uh, all, all things considered. Um, for for myself, obviously, as you said, um, taking things slightly differently in in regards to food and coming out of lockdown. 
Um, my my cut actually went on a, a little longer, so mine was a little more sort of long term than than just sort of a bit of a tidy up phase. And kind of as a result, combined with a few other things, sort of around sort of maybe around mid mid February time, probably around then, I was going through a period of really really high stress, and actually had to take a bit of time off off training and stuff as as well. More it, pretty pretty much just for the stress management side of things, because I was really just burying myself into a into a big big hole. And I really needed to, to take control of a few things to, you know, try and get my sleep back to, to a decent level because things were in, just in a really, really shit spot. Um, unfortunately, sometimes life just does does happen. There are a few things which are, you know, a bit more out of your control, uh, especially in regards to sort of, you know, lockdown related circumstances. Um, but obviously, it's more so about how we sort of respond to 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 those things that happen, and. Taking the appropriate actions, and my, mine was kind of various sort of stress management-related uh, sort of things to to focus on. So uh, part of that was actually just moving back up back up north, which which did wonders on its own. To be fair, in terms of just alleviating a lot of the stress. Um, but basically, what kind of came along with that was because I was sort of dieting at that point anyway was due to then sort of laying off the training and food still being a little lower and stress and and then sleep also being a, a bit poorer just led to me running very, very flat in terms of physique, which is something I'm prone to anyway, just being, you know, someone of a very small build who can lose weight very, very easily. Uh, so I was running extremely, extremely flat in terms of my look. Um, did, did end up losing like a, a pretty decent amount of weight. I think I, I went down from... Uh, can't remember the exact numbers, but I, I I got down to probably around sort of the 76 mark, which for me is kind of that lean but not shredded sort of state. And then obviously after that session of yours, when we did a bit of posing, it was very evident that I was looking like an yeah. absolute twig. Um, yeah. So for me, it was certainly a, a bit more appropriate to sort of up my food coming out of coming out of lockdown because especially especially with sort of the the training again sort of being you know a bit more sort of neurological focused. We weren't really going to be doing much sort of pump work at all. So I knew that the training wasn't really going to do much to sort of fill out the, the physique in that regard. So I knew that the food probably would have been my best ally. But sort of going along that sort of same thought process of the, the recon being able to occur, uh, my thought process was, well, I know I've probably got, you know, a bit of size I can put back on a lot, you know, to, to really just fill out with. So I know if I do up food in that sort of same regard that, you know, you, you can probably continue dropping weight and you know building muscle I thought I can probably afford to put on a lot of muscle and just because there's so much sort of fill out with I can afford to bump up my calories and really not be concerned with sort of any fat gain at all so similar kind of thoughts in regard to sort of the whole recomping thing and sort of you know really reaping the benefits of that sort of rebound phase as we got back to the gym um, just slightly sort of different uh, executions in kind of in, in line with sort of where we were both at so my, my food made a nice big jump up and it took a, a fair bit of playing around with actually because I always do end up just needing a, a shit ton of food to, to, to go anywhere with. So my food's now sitting about the, the around the 4,000 mark again, um, which, which I'm already hating. If there's one thing that I can give to, to that dieting phase, it just comes so easy to me. Like I know we've discussed this before and how I just enjoy prep so much because I have the appetite of a little girl. So now two weeks back into to eating a bit more, and this is already yeah. feeling like torture. Put, yeah, but we're very often be on two thousand calories a day and feeling and 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 being skinny in terms of how I feel. Pushing up food's a nightmare. 
Yeah, we're very obvious on that front. Obviously, I, I can eat for, for literally for days. I can eat any, put a food challenge in front of me and I will I will finish it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're very, very opposite. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, that's it's an interesting question, I think. And again, tell us in the comments, what would you prefer? Would you prefer to have the struggles of trying to eat more food or would you prefer to have oh, the... Uh, struggles of yeah of being of being hungry um i i i don't know i don't know i can appreciate that it would be hard to to constantly eat more food i think that might actually take a little to be honest it might take a little bit more mental toughness to eat to eat when you really don't want to eat yeah because i, I guess when you're hungry there are little tricks you can do to manage hunger you could have more voluminous food you could use caffeine that sort of thing so i guess uh, uh, there are some tricks you could eat to, to, to use to eat more food as well. Like, you know, picking more, you know, nutrient dense foods. So like, you know, dried fruit versus normal fruit, things like honey, jam, those sort of, I guess, yeah. add-ins, which add calories or add volume. But yeah, as a whole, let, let us know which, which you think is, uh, is, is worse, I suppose. Um, so that, yeah. That, that's um, an interesting one. I actually, you know, cause even on that sort of whole front, there's also kind of a, a, a an awkward line to draw between sort of pushing up, up food, but then also not kind of going sort of overboard in regards to, you know, just calories for the sake of calories. Cause then yeah, potentially has sort of a, you know, a, a detrimental impact on body composition, which is, you know, almost the, the, the space that I find myself in now, because obviously with already, you know, not being particularly hungry on the food that I'm on and knowing that, I'm probably safe for another few weeks, but knowing that soon enough it'll probably be at a point where I have to to push up a little further. It's again, you know, that sort of, you know, can are there, you know, more sort of, you know, calorie dense options I can go for? Yeah, but you know, do I want to to get my fats much much higher than they are now? Not particularly. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, it becomes an awkward line to draw in that in that regard. But yeah, it it, it definitely does. Like there are, you know, we, we both get to a point where we need to add in things like cookies and stuff to manage to get the calories in. But obviously, you know, by doing that, you're also increasing significantly the amount of fat you're getting into that. It's not even quote unquote good quality fat either. So that's not ideal from a health perspective, but from a body composition, body composition perspective, we've, I'm pretty sure we have discussed this before. I think it might be in a nutrition podcast. Yeah. I think so that, you know, like we said, fat is more easily stored as body fat. So from a really nuanced body composition standpoint, you do want to keep fat minimal when you are pushing up food. Um, so yeah, it, it does get to that tricky point of like, how do you push up food without, you know, feeling overly full and force feeding? Cause that's not ideal either. Um, you could bring down expenditure, but obviously you don't want to bring that down too low either because that can affect hunger. As we know, again, we've talked about this nutrition podcast, and also, again, from a general health perspective, you, you want to be fairly active on a day-to-day -day basis as well. So, yeah, welcome to the world of bodybuilding, <laughs> where you just walk in this constantly tricky line. Uh, again, anyone that's gen pop listening to this, um, please don't think this should be your life or this is how it should how it should be. This is, I guess... You idiots trying to maximise. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a... This is a it, it is a competitive sport, really. Um, I know people like to argue about what... what it can be classed as but it is really a competitive sport so it takes those further extremes to achieve what you want to achieve um and that's important to understand uh yeah so let's take it back a little bit um so you know a couple of things you mentioned there so interestingly 
And again, I'd, I want to know your thoughts on this. Um, again, this is how we're keeping it casual. You said there, you know, in terms of your physique filling out, because you're doing more neurological and less pumpy style work, uh, and you need to rely on the food a bit more to fill up. But would you say that doing pumpy style work is the best way to fill out? Because, uh, and again, I'm asking you from a personal experience, because obviously what can occur when you're doing pump style workouts is you actually just burn through more glycogen. I was just, yeah, just about to say that. Just about to say that. So, but again, I want to sort of strip back this quote unquote science here and actually ask you from a, a personal point of view of, of how you find you fill out the best. I, I, not over the top pump stuff, because then I think you almost get that sort of overcompensation effect that, you know, after then the pump sort of diminishes then obviously, as you said, you know, you've burned through so much glycogen that if you aren't really replenishing it, then you probably end up getting even more flat and stringy. Um, so I think, you know, from, from, so yeah, I, I think that's probably what I'd say. Overdoing the, the pumpy work probably, you know, causes you to overcompensate in the wrong direction. Uh, I think, you know, even, even from just sort of an inflammation point of view, uh, I think that there can be some sort of positive effect to sort of the a, a bit more sort of pump or, or metabolic work. Um, I know I know a lot of people back when the arm day was kind of uh, doing the rounds as a as a trend again. That that's something that a lot of people said. You know, they said, "Well, I'm not even sure if if the arm day is actually you know making you know significant gains to my arms and the higher volumes doing bits, or if it's just more so that my arms seem so much more inflamed than usual that they they seem bigger." Um, so it, it is almost just, but again, you know, we are on the topic of filling out as opposed to strictly building muscles. So I think that is actually a valid one to, to throw in almost just sort of the, the inflammation side of things. Um, again, I don't, I wouldn't go overboard, but for example, I feel like something which would allow me to just put a little more blood in there. Like maybe, you know, something like more of like, I don't know, a 10 rep set as opposed to you know, we've, we've played around recently with a lot of sort of, you know, threes and fours and stuff. Um, I, I think something, you know, a little more in between would, would definitely sort of uh, help me fill out a, a little better, especially combined yeah. with a little more food. Uh, my food towards towards the end of lockdown was like decently low for me, I guess. I think I finished up on, I mean, again, I was pretty lean in, in fairness, but I was around the sort of 2.7k mark with, with calories. So, Combined with a little bit of food, you know, I guess on, on 2.7, even with pump work, when you're pretty lean, you're probably not going to get the best of pumps anyway. And you're not probably not going to get particularly full. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an in-between one, but what I have noticed is, you know, combined with that sort of food increase, the, the sort of more, you know, heavy training has actually still been doing bits to fill me out, particularly my legs. My legs have been doing jump yeah, recently, Jesus. Uh, yeah, heavy, heavy hacks and squats have, have just been blowing up my, my legs. And I think, I think that's, well, I mean, I, I'm definitely a firm believer in particularly the legs and back just being something which is really only built off real heavy weight. So I think I probably, I'm just probably just going to roll with for the foreseeable sort of that, uh, you know, hard and heavy old school mm -hmm. approach, particularly for sort of back and legs. Yeah, uh, see, again, I, I know for me fine well, what fills me out the best is the heavy, heavy duty work that, you know, the, the low, the lower rep heavy work fills me out. Absolutely. Definitely the best, not the pummy stuff. It's definitely, uh, obviously I can still get a, a very good pump on, but again, that's, you know, and that that's just that short term when the pump goes, when the pump fades, mm -hmm. it's not going to do anything in terms of actually filling me out. So I know in terms of, yeah, it, it, just for any body parts, not back, not but legs, even just, you know, some, something like arms, even arms, 
heavy work fills me out very, very nicely. Um, but I, I also don't get particularly flat really ever unless I really get the carries low and for a long period of time combined with cardio. Mm-hmm. I never really get that flat anyway. So that's never something I have to worry about too much for me. Whereas I know, again, for you, opposite, you know, you, you've got to make sure you, you never get too flat because you probably do, in fact, definitely do run a much higher risk of losing muscle compared to someone like me as well. Um, fortunately, I am reasonably blessed in that department of, of being able to gain muscle. Again, like you said, you know, right now, although there is a bit of a rebound effect, even when carries on that high, even when I'm not trying to push up, I'm probably going to gain muscle anyway because it's just I'm blessed in that department. Even even through lockdown, you did bits though because I mean, yeah. uh, what, what we'll move on to a minute is probably sort of more sort of uh, analyzing physique because I'll move on nicely to sort of our, our training and how we structured that. But you know, I was I, I was saying when me and Charlie were having a look at you yesterday, like you know, compared to when you competed back in October, you know, your lats have done bits, your chest has done bits. Um, so kind of your your you know weaker areas, so to so to speak. That, oh, please don't. Can you hear that siren? Yeah, I can actually, but it's fine. Damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, city centre vibes as usual. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, even through lockdown, you like managed to, to gain like a decent amount of muscle and you're probably looking, you know, the, the best we've we, we've seen you, to be fair, in terms of, you know, bringing up those slightly lagging areas. I would something. agree, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's that's what I do like about bodybuilding anyway. You know, the, the subjectivity. It's arguably... It, it's downfall in some respects, but I think that's also sort of where where it really sort of stands out as a sport because, you know, a- anything that could be perceived as a, as a negative can also be a positive in that regard because, you know, a, a, as you said, you know, you know, someone someone like me, you know, maybe finds it, well, very, very hard to, to, to build muscle, especially with such a tiny frame like mine. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we, we <laughs> you mentioned that that funny quote the other day when I was posing. You said, "I've never seen someone with such a small waist that doesn't have like such, you know, that yeah. doesn't have shredded abs." And you know, similar kind of thing. You know, what even though my tiny structure does, you know, make it a real nightmare to try and push up and gain some decent tissue, it also means I know when I dial in, I'll I'll bring some like ridiculous proportions because proportions will be crazy, yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas for you, you know, it always takes you a, a, a bit of time to, to really get, you know, grainy lean. Um, mm-hmm. But you, we, we know that, you know, especially when, when we sort of filled you out for the show and stuff, you, you pop and are big, you know, especially for, for a natural guy, you, you carry a lot of size. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, that's kind of what I do really like about bodybuilding, the, the subjectivity and being able to really sort of, uh, you know, make, make things individualized according to all those sort of, little details that are, that are mm-hmm. unique to yourself yeah absolutely but I guess that sort of brings things on to sort of the the physiques and stuff and I've sort of already sort of touched on what I'm thinking of yours and you know the, your, your lats are certainly looking a lot better your chest looking better kind of the the main points which which uh, we, we sort of felt that, that you needed to to bring up so how, how do you think you're looking because I reckon uh, still arms are looking like hella beefy your arms are just something else honestly <laughs> uh, shoulders are, are pretty solid chest is now looking pretty solid I reckon for you maybe a little more uh, back width especially being a taller individual and a, and a big right. leg mm-hmm. I agree pretty much um yeah uh things have definitely come up um Especially, I would say again, seeing those photos yesterday, that the top line to across the chest, across the shoulders, 
has come up really significantly. Like, very, very happy where that's come up. Uh, but obviously, you know, my my front shots and my back shots are my weakest shots. Um, probably my back shots are definitely the weakest, front uh, second weakest, but front shots especially. I, I haven't actually seen from the back because we didn't get videos of me yesterday, but from the front, it, it has come up significantly. And again, with now me being in a really, really sweet spot in terms of leanness, but not, not, but I, again, I haven't dragged it out for so long or taken an approach where I've been pushing so hard that I've got flat either. It's really allowed for a bit more, not complete, but a bit more pop to my actual physique. So it's, again, you can yeah. see those areas really come to life a bit more. Again, it's not like I'm super, super full um, or super, super flat. I'm just somewhere nicely in the middle. And again, right now, that's perfect for me. Um, but, you know, what's cool is if you actually think about it, time spent in gym, and this is this is absolutely true, time spent in the gym since my show is six weeks. That's yeah. all I've done. Yeah. That's only the only time I spent in the gym is six weeks. And yet things have come up quite a bit from, from show day, which is obviously awesome. Um, so, you know, right now, I would say, because I've got so long till next compete, my physique's right where it needs to be. Um, and the the training approach that we're taking is very, very reflective of, of that as well, because everything's pretty even now. Obviously, at some point, I probably will need to put in a, a back-focused mezzo. Just again, like you say, you know, bring up the, the back width, especially a bit more, because that is my absolute uh, my uh, main weak point. In fact, obviously, like I said before, the back shots are the weakest point, um, and the front shots are the second weakest point. But the reason why the front shots are particularly... Uh, weak is because the width of my back from the front isn't quite where it needs to be um so yeah that that's where the focus needs to be legs are actually in a decent place right now i'm actually very very happy where the legs are at um yeah your your legs aren't bad by any means it it is almost just for, for anyone listening ben's like six foot two and i'm six foot tall so even though our legs are probably good for sort of the average person when, when we say our legs need to be brought up, it is more so just the fact that for our, you know, taller frame, we, yeah. especially next to other people on stage, we still run the, the risk of looking a little mm-hmm. wankier just due to sort of being tall. So I don't know what just happened there, but my, uh, just closed down the app there for some reason. That's weird. Um, yeah, but, um, I agree. Uh, you know, legs, legs are in a decent place. Um, but obviously being tall, they still need to come up somewhat. But again, you know, not really worried about that because yeah, yeah. plenty of time, um, plenty, plenty of time. And again, the the short amount of time which I've managed to bring things up in the first place is is pretty pretty crazy to be fair. And again, this isn't a spot where again I'm not even trying to push food up. I'm not even trying to push for maximal muscle gain. So, you know, again, it just makes me realize how when I do, you know, actually start to push up, like it's just gonna be mental. Is, I'm not even far off all-time strength now, and I'm like uh, six to seven-ish kilograms off peak body weight. Nuts. And again, you know, we're two weeks back in the gym now. We've we just yesterday completed our second microcycle of being back in the gym. So give me another two weeks, and I think I'll be at all-time strength. And to be honest, by then, body weight will probably only be lower. So right now, I'm around. Um, Anywhere, I fluctuate anywhere between about 98 and a half to 99 and a half kilograms give it on any given day. By then, if I had to predict, I might be around 97, 
to 98, somewhere by that round. Like that's how slow the, the weight loss is, but that's roughly where I'd guess it would be. Um, but at the same time, I think I'll be there with all time strength. So it just makes me realize all time strength, low body weight, when I push back up, new, new territory. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah. So I'm in that sense, I'm very happy with things, right? And again, like it just bringing it back a little bit on the nutrition front, like it's working for me as well because I hunger is like absolutely fine. Like I'm not, I'm never ever hungry. Like, well, I'm a, the appropriate amount of, of hungry, of course. So, you know, I'm, I can eat my meal and I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And energy is, is also in a very good spot. The exception of yesterday, I felt a little bit low energy, but I think that was also partly due to the fact that I had less sleep on the Sunday night, which had a, a knock-on effect onto the Monday morning. Mm-hmm. I think that was partly due to it because I feel great again today. So um, on the whole, like I say, things are just in a very, very good place. Um, and like I said, it's just keep going the way I am because it's everything, every single... If you had a, if you made a checklist of, of things you would want to achieve, body composition, performance, hunger, the look, et cetera, et cetera, I'll be ticking all those boxes. So right now things are perfect. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that sort of sums up your your situation pretty well. And I think, again, with yeah, I completely agree with what you said with the legs in, in sort of regards that, you know, we don't really have to worry about that just because the the time sort of aspect will will take will take care of that with sort of the, the rate that they're progressing at. I feel very much the the same about mine. Um, you know, even though they they certainly need to be bigger again, especially for us taller guys, um, that the the way that they are just coming along, it's almost as long as we keep you know doing what we're doing and uh-huh. getting stronger and you know putting up new numbers on the hack every week and etc. I don't think we particularly have to worry about, you know, certainly nothing like a leg focused mezzo or anything. So no. yeah. Yeah. Even, even though they need to come up, it's not like a matter of urgency for, for either of us for, for sure. Uh, I think the main area where, where we differ is sort of the, the, the back and arms department. <laughs> I think that's where, that's where we probably run a bit quite, quite opposite. Um, mm-hmm. Admittedly, I've, I've done a lot of work kind of previously on back width because that was previously like a huge lagging area for me. Uh, again, I, I think I'm certainly one of those, you know, narrower individuals with like a, a very sort of small structure, even just sort of, uh-huh. you know, skeletal. Um, yeah, just very, very small build, very narrow. Uh, and, you know, especially when I used to pose next to Ben or Charlie, I just used to get like absolutely dwarfed from just sort of a, a general sort of frame and mass perspective. Um, and sort of posing next to both of you yesterday, I was actually pleasantly surprised with kind of how the, the, the width is is looking you know certainly needs to come up but i almost almost tempted to say kind of the same same with the legs i know as long as you know i keep adding weight to the chins and the d handle yeah. pull downs it's it's almost just sort of a a time perspective uh, sort mm-hmm. of a, a time thing and i know that yeah. you know, as long as that keeps getting ticked off then i don't need to worry about like a, a back focused mezzo or anything um what does need to come up but i think also pro- probably you know proportionately i guess you could say to the width is my back thickness. I think that's probably where I am lacking a little more, especially yeah, across the agree. upper back. I think my traps and rear delts definitely need to, to come up a little bit. I think you, both you and Charlie have me considerably there. So uh, that's that's probably one area where our program differs a little bit and we'll, we'll kind of get onto that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, my, my sort of back thickness needs to, to come up a little more, I, I guess, decently proportionally to the width, but I know the width is coming fine. 
my top line definitely needs to improve. Always something that I've struggled with, to be to be fair. Um, you know, particularly evident in our front shots. My 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 top line next to yours was kind of appalling. I've always noticed that I have like really really bony collarbones. Like, I don't know if my upper chest just inserts, like, dead low, but I've always really found it hard to sort of cover my collarbones. But, yeah, again, so we'll, we'll sort of be reflected in our programming with a lot of sort of the... The, the, the current training is very much set up to to improve that top lane right now. So there's a lot of higher incline style pressing um, throughout the throughout this um, current mesocycle. So, to be fair, I, again, as long as we just keep going the way we are, uh, that will come up with, with we just need time that's it it'll yeah, come up yeah. again that one isn't like a oh no what am i gonna do that one is more so just a, a a time thing but then the one on me which is the the real oh no what am i going to do is the arms jesus <laughs> when when posing next to ben yesterday i mean in in fairness i guess it's, it's worth saying that you know again ben's arms are probably you know a real strong point so i mean i i that, that probably works kind of, you know, multifactorially. In a way, it's kind of safe to say that, you know, next to the average person posing, maybe my arms don't look quite so appalling. Yeah, like next to, next to Charlie, you know, your arms aren't so bad. In fact, um, you probably have better peaks than, than Charlie, so it actually, that helps. Actually, but especially yeah. in my back double. My back double, my arms look really good for some reason, but then my front double, a little less so, and then in my side, in my side chest, just shite. So, yeah, yeah my, my arms are... Okay. Uh, definitely needs to come up they they've they've done they've done bits recently like charlie really did used to have me on the side chest particularly so it's nice to see that i've kind of been catching up there um but yeah the, the arms especially next to someone like ben and you know again you know even though it could be said that next to someone you know whose arms are less gifted um might look okay but with that being said it, on on stage might well come up against someone like ben exactly so, so, you know, the arms definitely, definitely need to improve. And again, re reflected in my programming, the way I sort of tag them on. And the way that I'll probably run it is, you know, in the same way that Ben said that you might need to do like a back focus meso at some point. At some point, we'll, we'll, we'll probably continue because Ben and I actually train together at the moment because most of, of what we do is, uh, you know, kind of works for, for both of us. But then at some point, we'll, we probably will sort of split off and it'll, it'll probably do sort of back-focused work and I'll do sort of more arm-focused work. The arm-focused meso that I ran sort of maybe July to September kind of time last year did do, do bits for my arms and shoulders. So at some point, I'll probably do that again. Uh, I, the main thing is I need to stop being a baby with my food. Uh, I feel like if I finally hit like the, the 90 kilo mark, then you know hopefully I won't look that bad as a six foot. And where's body weight at now? Currently at 78, which for six foot is kind of pitiful. Yeah, um, yes, it is. Um, so I feel like part of it is just I need to be stop being a baby um, and just push up. Um, and that should probably take care of a lot of things. And I'm hoping hoping to get there maybe around sort of September time now. Um, sort of September, October would be nice to hit a, a pretty high body weight, do a little tidy up, and then sort of a, another push forward before hopefully a, a prep next year. Um, so what, what probably will happen is we'll probably just stick on sort of the upper lower split that we're doing at the moment, maybe yeah. up for the next few months after like a little tidy up, probably go our separate ways and focus on, on our weak points for, for a bit. Uh, but I guess that kind of runs things through nicely into how we are actually setting up our training, which I guess the, the fundamental of is sort of the, the split. So um, we've, we found this one to work very well for us. We always kind of seem to, to come back to it, you know, whenever whenever the goal is just all out mass for us, this one just seems to work really well in regards to sort of a, a strength and hypertrophy point of view. Uh -huh. 
so we roll with a, a very, very basic upper, off, lower, off, repeat, split. Each of those sessions has two rotations. So we've got an upper A and B and a lower A and B, which obviously just, you know, rotate um, through, through, the, through the micro cycle. And uh, yeah, we feel like that's a, an appropriate, you know, frequency and distribution of volume for, for us to kind of reap benefits off. Um, it, it brings up a, an interesting point about sort of actually, you know, potentially lower volume as you get more advanced, because a lot of people probably would look at someone like Ben and say, you know, how is someone that big running on something like a, an upper lower split and able to progress? And I'd say that with one just, set. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most of the stuff we do is just one set, particularly at the moment. But, if, you know, even as we go on, a lot of it probably still will remain just one set. Um, very, very kind of Dorian Yates esque training at the moment with just the the one sort of all out set to to failure um the, the main thing i guess differing being the, the training split really um but yeah no uh, we we found it to work exceptionally well sort of you know yep. three three to four rest days a week some people would think like that that's crazy there's no way you know that there's no way that's enough you're, you're only training three to four days a week there's no way that's enough one set per exercise no way we say if you if you train as hard as us and you get you know, really efficient and making that training all out quality, you know, with real accurate execution sets taken all the way there to failure. And then most importantly, being able to progress your logbook consistently, uh, that will 100% be enough. You know, if yeah. those numbers are yeah. getting driven up over time, you know, alongside your body weight, you know, that it's really the basics, you, you are going to, to gain muscle doing that. The nuance then comes with sort of the, the distribution of volume and frequency the exercise selection and sort of the mechanical positions that we favor for said muscles. That, that, that's where the nuance comes in and which we'll get into in a sec. But the real basics remains, you know, progressing the logbook, training bloody hard and sort of upping our, our, our body weight. Um, but yeah, we find that that sort of setup works exceptionally well for us. It's the, it's the setup that Ben and I used when, when we, we first met actually. Didn't get to run it too long, but it worked tremendously well. And then and even that's one out of time, it was. Yeah, we always end up coming back to it. It just works well for us. Yeah, uh, but key, the absolute key word there is for us. Yeah. Now, it could work for you. Can't say. There's no way I can know right now. But yeah. but because I don't even know who I might be talking to right now in terms of being, uh, you know, who's watching. But for us, for not, it works phenomenally well. It really does. Uh, but again, you could say it partly works well for us because we have really learned that skill of being able to take it there and take it there, not with shitty form or yeah, kind of like take it there with, with a high level of execution and precision and really, really drive home that hard training. And you know what? If, if you saw us in the gym, you would think, first of all, you think, shut the fuck up. You're too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah, that, that um, was not even debatable. <laughs> yeah. But truth be told, you know, again, to be able to take it there, sometimes you do have to get nice and loud. You just have to, because you have to get in that head. You just get buried otherwise, and you won't be able to, to do the set properly. So, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the key thing is it works very, very well for us. And like I say, you know, one set currently, it, it might have to taper up a little bit over time. It probably will. But currently, one set is more than enough to, to get the job done. And, you know, again, more so for me, um, but still a little bit for you, you Kev, as well. That's that's one set. But like, for example, you know, uh, first two exercises yesterday was a, a heavy set where it was pretty much... Um, 
three reps, but three reps that all required a little bit of assistance on my part because I was going for a new a new heavy weight. On and then the second exercise was only uh, four reps plus one one um, assisted rep. So you can see right there that in terms of like rep and and overall volume, that's really 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 low, but it's still working. It's still getting the job done. Again, because it's that ability to train hard, uh, that ability to recover. And like you say, it's that that driving the logbook numbers up over time. Um, and that's just, it's doing bits. It's absolutely doing bits for us right now. So we're, we're in a very good spot. And again, we're in a very good spot, not just right now, but we're in a good spot to be able to progress from in the future when we do need to change things up a little bit as well. So uh, like I say, things just couldn't be going better right now. It really couldn't. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think a, a good point definitely does need to be raised in regard to that for us, because you know there, there are people who who I coach, for example, who are less advanced than me and do less volume. There are people who are less advanced than me but actually do more volume. So yeah, setup setup is obviously going to be very very individual. This is again something which has just worked very well for for me and Ben, who obviously do have you know pretty much identical views in in everything that we do training wise. So uh, yeah, works works very well for us. Um, so I guess I guess we can start sort of breaking down the sessions now. So. Uh, upper wise, we we always kind of like to start our sessions with some sort of side raise variation. Uh, we think you know that that obviously your side delt isn't going to get you know very much attention sort of from any presses, even sort of your shoulder presses. So considering that it isn't really going to take anything away from your presses, it just makes sense to just kind of get it get it done first. It's not going to take anything away. So very good add. No one no one ever had side delts that are that are too big and round. So. Uh, we're, yeah. we're trying to get non non nice side delts. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> our our first uh, upper session, our upper A starts off with a crucifix lateral. Um, we think mine in, doesn't. Yeah, mine mine starts with a Y raise. It yeah. starts with a crucifix lateral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pre, pre, very similar movements though in in regards to almost. I mean, the crucifix lateral is almost just a different setup of what is essentially kind of a Y raise movement. Um, but yeah, in in terms of kind of side lateral variation we, we obviously think that's superior to something like a a dumbbell uh, for sure <laughs> uh, so yeah that's kind of the the start off of that session we then move on to a low incline dumbbell press for both of us um i think the the dumbbells obviously we favor the lower incline just because or more so for the sake of loading we're you know we're not going to have it flat because again you know top line is you know quite important and being able to have a slight bias towards the upper chest is, is yeah. ideal and getting a little more shoulder ticked off uh, but we we are we we will obviously mention that we are doing like much higher incline work as well. So I think for for sort of the the low incline dumbbell press is almost just sort of our you know big loaded heavy chest movement. Uh -huh. um, at the moment, the the side the side raises on two sets. I think that's the pretty much the only thing that we're doing two sets with at the moment, and just sort of the the one set of uh, of dumbbell press. Over time, that one will probably get a, a top and back off approach. But for now, that's just the the one set um maybe, maybe i'll kind of go through this one then you can do the the lower session maybe and we'll just kind of take it backwards and forwards yeah yeah that's yeah. fine so then then we'll move on to the high incline smith press uh, again obviously high incline kind of trying to bias that upper upper line that that top line i should say uh smith press because obviously you know we've now done dumbbells we want something with a bit more stability so the smith's very nice for that um don't think there's much else to say there a bit more sort of you know much higher incline work biasing the the delts and still kind of ticking off that top line with more stability that's kind of the main thing 
Um, the, the other upper session is pretty much the opposite in, in those first two movements where we've got a high incline dumbbell press uh, for pretty much sort of the, the same reasons, just a heavy loading shoulder movement. And then a mid incline Smith press, you know, again, a little higher on the incline to help kind of bias that top line. Um, and then still the Smith, so more so for the stability side of things. Uh, on the first upper session, I then move on to a close grip bench press. This is where we slightly differ because obviously my arms are shite. So close grip bench press for me, uh, Ben rolls with a pec deck then uh, for a bit more direct chest work. And then our pulse setup is then on that day, we do a neutral grip chin, uh, obviously something which allows our elbow path to be quite close to the body and bias the lats nicely. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to say that the neutral grip chin is one of the best lat builders of all time. Um, so yeah, I very much like that. At Gold Star, we don't have a great deal of back kit. So it is almost just sort of the, the hard and heavy basics for, for our back training for the most part. Um, not really too many machines and stuff, which are, are nice for, for back at Gold Star or Fitness Fraternity, as it's now called. Um, um, <laughs> terrible name. Sorry, Jack. Um, but uh, yeah, so we start off with the neutral grip chin for that reason. We then roll the chest support T-bar row, something which puts us in a really good position, sort of by a scapular retraction with a decently nice higher line of pull. So something more so for that sort of upper back thickness. Uh, we roll with our RDL on the next leg day, which is why we don't really have any sort of, you know, lower back loading on, on this upper day. Um, wait, no, it's not. No, it's not wrong leg day. Um, yeah, we have the RDL before this, which is why, which is why we don't, uh, which is why we don't have any. Yeah, we, we start the leg day, start yeah. the leg day. Um, and then uh, we then go on to what's, oh yeah, wide grip pull down uh, to finish off the pulling. Uh, reason for that is now now we've, we, we've got some good lat work and sort of back thickness done. So we just finish off with something a little more to tie it together. You know, we could both use a, a little more lat for sure, uh, but particularly in my case where, you know, my lats need to grow, but sort of proportionately to, you know, thickness, I certainly don't mind tagging in a bit more sort of Terry's trap rear delt with sort of that wider grip pull down. So that's how we finish off the, the pulling for that day. And then we just finish off with uh, with one set of sort of preacher curl machine, uh, just for for a bit of bicep work. Uh, yeah. So yeah, maybe you want to start with the with the lower session. I think the the one yeah. after that is uh, the the squat one in it. Yeah. The the no the one after that is 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 the first lower session is the the, the hack squat variation. Is it? Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah roll with that. Um. So. We actually start with some for Kev's sake, and you know I just do it anyway. We actually start with some arms on the on the that first leg day. Again, just more so to help Kev bring up his arms a little bit more. Uh, so we start with a a um, behind the body cable curl. Wait, hang on, uh, no, it is it is the other leg day, isn't it? Because we've got hacks tomorrow. Yeah, but tomorrow's we just finished the micro cycle yesterday, so we have got the new start. Yeah, yeah, but we, we did we yeah, but we just talked about our low incline. Yeah, but it still makes sense to start with the first leg session. Yeah, we should have. It, yeah, it's the other leg day, so roll with the, the, the other leg day. Wait, but what, talk about the first leg session first, it, because otherwise people are just going to get confused about the order. No, that, that is the order, though, because we just did our high incline dumbbell press yesterday, and we've got hacks tomorrow. Yeah, so that's the first session. No, because we, we just talked about... We the just finished the microcycle yesterday. We just finished the microcycle yesterday, and we start the new microcycle tomorrow. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the first, the first leg session is the hack. See, uh, boys and girls are more on it than Kev is, you see. 
yeah, um, yeah so we, we start the the microcycle with a leg day and it's the hack leg day so yeah we start with a bit of arms for more so for kev's purpose but i just did them anyway because why not can never have big enough arms uh so we start with the behind the body cable kill uh one set there and then switch to a um cross cable tricep extension mm-hmm. um again that's probably one of my favorite moves for the triceps actually um and then we always start our leg days with what you call the mcgill big three which is basically a core stability balance activation warm-up style thing um it basically involves a what you call a bird dog uh then it goes into a rolling plank and then it goes into a form of crunch uh, again it's just to help with more core stability and balance and things like that uh, and then we start our real leg day with the adductors uh, we do that on both leg days uh, reason being is it because again just the the size especially again on those taller guys that having bigger adductors can add to your legs visually is is a lot actually um, and again having, you can never have big enough adductors either so all start with the adductor um, and again just one set there for now but probably we'll progress that to two sets eventually um, and then we again we prioritize a little bit more and go with the well, I, I, you, yeah, we differ on this day. We slightly yeah. differ on this one. So I, I still go with the seated hamstring curl. You go the lying hamstring curl. Reason I go with the seated hamstring curl is because it's just it's superior. Um, but you go with with the lying because you like to, um, like to rotate. Yeah, yeah, you like to rotate. But I go with the um, seated because it is just a superior hamstring exercise. But we obviously prioritize the hamstrings first. Um, partly because I, I don't know about you, but. Partly is because I feel just a little bit warmer going into hacks once yeah. I've done just something else before it, um, both sort of physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we also prioritize hamstrings because we both quads are decent, but we both need more hamstrings. Absolutely, yeah. both need more hamstrings. Well, that my, is mine. Probably are actually one of my better features, but you can certainly never have big enough hamstrings. That's yeah, I, I think just <laughs> you just can't, especially in your side shots. But we yeah. we both need you know, more hamstring, um, again, uh, trying to get onto what I like to call team droopy, yeah. <laughs> which is the hamstring droop in the sign shot. Uh, so yeah, we prioritize the hamstrings first. Um, and then we move on to my absolute favorite exercise, which is the uh, good old hack squat. Mine as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so again, so far, everything's just one step. Um, yeah. So we hack squat and this is a real heavy load exercise where, Again, we're just trying to get as strong as possible on this. We're both trying to head for all-time strength on this now. Um, I think you, you're you at a point of all-time strength on Hugs Bar Achievement, aren't you? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Hopefully Whereas, tomorrow with a you know, good get get in the zone, probably take it really into, into yeah. new territories. Yeah. So uh, this is where Kev gets particularly loud. <laughs> but you know what? Again, he needs to. Absolutely needs to. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm getting close to being back to all time strength. I mean, if you, I hate to do this, but if you if you went, you know, pound for pound, in terms of where my body weight's at relative to where my strengths at, I guess I'm at all time strength from that perspective. But uh, so I think sometimes I just like to say bullshit. You know, um, that's just bullshit. Uh, all time strength is all time strength regardless of where body weight's at. So um, I'm getting close to being back at all time strength, but I'm not quite there yet. Um, but again, that's partly because I can lift so much on that now that increasing it is 
just by a little bit makes the world a difference. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. So that's the point of which I'm at, like a little bit, just that tiny little bit extra makes it feel that much heavier. So I'm getting there, but just not quite yet. But it will. That's, that's the key thing, especially when I drive body weight back up eventually. That will make a huge difference too. Um, so yeah, one, one set and hack, one very heavy set. And then we move on to, is the RDL straight after that? It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, same thing. It's a, it's a loading exercise. So again, I'm just trying to get strong as possible in the RDL. Again, just trying to move up to all type strength on that as well. Um, again, right now I'm doing more so paused RDLs because um, I really want to, again, especially at the bottom of the, the rep, as I get stronger, ensure that there's no breakdown, especially around the lower back. Um, so, you know, combined with doing all the core work, the RDL, um, uh, the paused RDLs is just really to help keep execution nailed whilst allowing to get me much stronger. And again, that's working very nicely in the minute. Um, then after that, again, just one set is again, when we slightly differ, you could do a leg press and I'll go to a leg extension. I just don't like the leg press that much. My range isn't massive. And also I get too strong too fast. So it just gets annoying loading up. Plus we don't, you know, especially throughout lockdown, there was no extension uh, being trained throughout the knee, throughout the quad. So for me, it just makes more sense to uh, put a leg extension in, again, to train the actual extension function. Um, and like I say, you know, it, it's just a bit more direct work in the quad and, you know, overall leg still needs to come up. So, you know, do more direct work in the quads is, is still a good thing for sure. Again, just one set there for each of us and then finish on a little bit of calves, um, even though we should probably do the middle of the hill first because, again, we're going to shy calves. So, yeah, yeah uh, again, just for now, just one set in the calves, a nice uh, pause in the stretch position, a nice pause in the contract position. Mm-hmm. Um and really, again, just trying to prioritize control. Uh, but still, you know, it's still just because it's a calf doesn't mean you don't put some loading onto it. So, you know, still nice, nicely loaded. Um, and then that pretty much sums up leg day one, essentially. Yeah, very much so. Um, only a couple of additions I'm going to quickly add that is leg press. I, very, I, I definitely feel like I could use a bit more glute in my side shots particularly. So... I don't mind uh, having something which tags on a bit more glute with kind of my additional quad work. Uh, for that one, I'm using the pivot leg press at the moment because obviously by that point, we, I'm obviously quite exhausted in the length and range, which in sort of our leg pressing movements is where we're weakest. So having a, a leg press, which is a little more top heavy is quite nice. So I roll with the pivot leg press for that one. Um, and then one little note to make on the RDL is obviously um, we quite like to do our hamstring curls first because Obviously, our ability to get short will diminish as we do get more fatigued. So, you know, isolating the hamstrings again, because no one can really have big enough hamstrings, kind of makes sense from sort of, you know, the exercise order perspective to sort of do that first. And as Ben said, kind of warms us up nicely for the for the hack as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's our first leg day, which actually does come before that upper session. You're right. We could have, yeah, wrong order technically. Um, our next... Uh, Okay, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the next leg day because technically that comes session three. So yeah, I'll do a leg day now. So our other leg day uh, starts off the same bit of arm work again, particularly for myself, tag on a bit of extra arms because mine are terrible. Uh, for that one, I just roll with uh, a dumbbell curl and then a skull crusher. Uh, I actually don't back. do that though. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you normally don't, don't join me for that one. Um, I, go, I go dumbbell curl and dumbbell skull crusher, just, you know, big 
kind of loading movements because we're nice and fresh. So it sort of just makes sense to do those at the at the start of the, the leg session. Then we sort of start off the same with the adductor for the same reason mentioned. Um, we then both roll with the seated ham curl this time round. I do like to rotate just because I find it makes things easier to progress. Um, but on the opposite side of the spectrum, I've also played around with things like DC training, which does leave a bit longer time between rotations and has three rotations, which I found is a, a little harder to progress with. Um, but I do kind of like having the, the two rotations kind of maybe around eight to 10 days apart um, from when we sort of repeat them, which is quite nice. So we both roll with the seated ham curl on this day. Uh, and then we move on to barbell squats, which is a, an interesting one that we've both thrown back in. We both very much like the movement, which is probably the main reason why it's in at the moment, even though it could be argued to not be sort of the greatest quad builder. But again, you know, I could definitely use a bit more glute. So I don't mind having a, you know, yeah. some sort of squat or press variation, which ties in a bit more glute with quad work. And then this one's very anecdotal. So don't, don't, no one take my word for this, but personally, I've found that more hip dominant sort of leg pressing movements tend to do more for my outer sweep and things which allow me to get into crazy levels of knee flexion tend to do really work wonders for my teardrop. That's just something that I've noticed anecdotally, but I'm just going to bring it up anyway, because so yeah, I found that hack squats seem to, you know, make me real thick around the knee, but then things like you know more hip dom leg presses and squats seem to work wonders for my sweep for some reason so yeah that's that's that uh we then both go on to the pendulum uh same kind of thought process as the the pivot leg press we're you know we're obviously weakest at the bottom of our leg pressing movements so then while well, we've still got something left to give makes makes a lot of sense to then do something like a pendulum which is a little more top heavy uh, the pendulum that we're running at the moment is incredibly difficult. So we know as we progress this, you know, our quads are going to reflect that in a few months for uh -huh. sure. Uh, and then we finish off with a wee bit more hamstring work. I roll with the standing hamstring curl, Ben rolls with the lying, and then finishing off with a little bit more calves. So yeah, that's the setup for that leg session. Yeah, leg days are pretty simple to be fair. Um, yeah, uh, again, the main reason for squats in there is just because it's just we both really, really enjoy them. Um, really, really enjoy them. And, you know, again, uh, we do, uh, just to add on, we do heel elevated um, squats. Mm. Um, again, just to really help with the, more so just to get a bigger range without, again, sort of something like the lower back caving in. Mm -hmm. um, again, as especially as we get stronger, that's going to become more and more important. Right now, we're both doing them completely raw as well. So that means no knee wraps or no belt or anything like that. I'll probably continue to do them raw. Yeah, I probably will. I think eventually I'll get strong enough where I might need to add a belt. Um, but for now, yeah, I'll probably continue to do them raw because um, yeah. it, 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 that's only going to help. You know, people, again, you know, people like to say, like, let's do the McGill Big 3 to improve core strength, which it does. But number one, you know, again, the reason why we're doing that is to improve core strength in something like a squat. Well, number one, that's the core strength within motion, which makes a big difference, whereas the McGill Mig 3 is a lot more static. Mm -hmm. So training as core strength throughout motion is important, but also if you want to get stronger core strength for a squat, the best way to do that is to squat. So, you know, um, yeah, so the squat's mainly in there though, because we both really, really just really enjoy squatting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the leg days are pretty simple. And then obviously we finished the micro cycle with one more upper day, which is the session we did yesterday, which is, uh, so again, starts with a side delt variation, which is the the uh, Cybex machine side delt um, raise. I don't know if it has a special name, the machine or not, but. I don't know the model. Yeah. 
you might have seen um, Dante use it before and stack it with just everything that you could find in the gym. <laughs> um, a little hype myself up a little bit. I I can full stack that. Um, no problem. Pretty um, easily now, I might add. It was kind of yeah. scary watching that one yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, start with uh, again two sets there. Um, again, I guess you could kind of say a top set and a back off set. Not really in the way that you would do it with like a squat or pressing or anything like that, but you know, just slight. You know, it's more so for a fatigue standpoint, especially yeah, for me because I'm drop. yeah, yeah, because I'm so strong and you know stacking it for the first set, I couldn't then repeat that on a second set. So I just dropped the weight down by one, and then get you know maybe around the same rep range, maybe a couple more reps on the second set. But again, so it's not really a drop, uh, top and back off. It's more so just a dropping the weight slightly to to be allowed to get the same reps for the second set. Um, and then we move into a high incline uh, dumbbell press. So again, this is more so a bit more shoulder, but still hitting that top line a little bit. Uh, again, this is very much a load neck size where we're just trying to get as strong as possible. I think, again, for me personally, one of the reasons why that's in is to really allow and facilitate a greater lower incline dumbbell press as well. Because if you get strong in that high incline yeah. press, you're going to get strong in that low incline you're going to get very strong in that low incline dumbbell press so that's one of the main reasons it's in for me mm -hmm. again one set there and then we move on to a mid incline uh, smith machine press again you know obviously that's a stable exercise don't have to think about that so much we can just focus on loading again um and i, I think the mid incline that we have is actually that perfect height to really hit that top line yeah i agree it's that perfect middle ground to really hit the top line um so yeah, that that's uh, that's an excellent move, uh, an, an excellent move that I'm actually really enjoying at the minute. Um, again, both those exercises are very very heavy, um, lower rep. Uh, again, one set there, and move on to um, again another exercise which I really enjoy, which is the dip. Um, some people like to call the dip the squats for the upper body. Um, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, I, I so again, this is more anecdotal. Because, you know, some people in the, the biomechanics world would argue that the dip's not particularly a good exercise. But I just noticed when when we, when we I do dips, when I put dips in, that's when just density comes yeah. onto, my, onto my frame. Like dips make such a difference to the density of my, my, uh, my especially my front shots, it's, it's mental. So yeah, uh, I think dips are a superior exercise from an anecdotal point of view. Uh, again, this is an exercise where we, we're definitely going to be loading but maybe slightly higher rep range now, uh, you know, maybe six plus essentially, whereas before it was probably, you know, for me anyway, under six or under five reps. The first two exercises, this is going to be a little bit heavier and go six plus. Um, so again, one set on the dips. Uh, again, for now, that, that that will stay at one set, but that might go up because, uh, again, in the past, I've done a, a top and a back off set on dips, and again, that works fantastically well. So, um yeah, for now that that will stay as one set, uh, and then after that we do pull down. Pull down, yes, we do the modified pull down. I've already gone to the liberty of labeling this one the standards pull down because I don't set <laughs> up anywhere else. Yeah, it, it, to be fair, so the, the the modified pull down is it's a it's a lap dom uh, pull down, but never personally seen anyone else do it this way. Um, if you want to see how we do it, then, you know, come to our Instagram and... Uh, yeah, it's on, yeah, it's on mine. Yeah. Yeah. Can I put it on his Instagram? Um, at some point, I'll put it on my Instagram. So if you want to see how it's performed, come come to the Instagram pages. 
course, uh, right now in the editing, I will put um, you know, the, the whole Instagram thing uh, below on our, our screen so you can see where to find us. Um, so yeah, go to our Instagrams if you want to see how that lap pull down is done. Uh, and then we go to an exercise which I'm not that fond of, but yeah, I'll, this is I'm why, where we, we might split off because yeah. maybe, I, I maybe might change it out. You to do like a little more sort of a little more lap work here while I yeah. kind of do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I might change it out, but for now I'm giving it a go, which is the bent over row. Um, my problem with that is again, although my grip strength is really really good. Because the bent over row is obviously again more so in motion compared, like the barbell compared to like say an RDL, it slides around in my hand more, and so it's puts a lot more pressure on my grip. So I'm getting already getting too strong at the exercise for what my grip can my grip can um, handle. Uh, I might put or get some of the loop straps. I don't like normal straps, but I might get some of the loop straps to help with that. But mm-hmm. as a whole, I actually don't like the exercise that much, so I might switch that out. Uh, and yeah, but in a bit more lat work instead. Uh, so, but again, for now, that's a one set, reasonably heavy. Uh, and then we will do one more back movement, which is a, a seated back row, which is a, a machine that actually I really like. Uh, again, already having to add weight to the stack for that. So, um, you know, not ideal. We, we need to get the gym pin sorted or, you know, the good old screwdriver yeah. just to be able to add more load to the, to the stack because I'm stacking everything at the minute. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll finish with one bicep exercise again, slightly different. This is where you'll do a preacher curl, and I will just do a, a standard seated curl. Uh, I just, again, I just quite like that movement, prefer it. So, um, and then that's it. That's the entire microcycle. Um, yeah. For now, I'd like to say everything's at minimal volume, and at least for me, uh, not any time soon, it won't be tapering up. You might at some point kev um because but again for me i know for me i can get away with keeping volume absolute minimal at the minute so yeah, yeah. that's the session I, I, I do very much like the one set approach because it really does like teach you to not screw it up at all yeah so it probably will yeah. be a bit of time until until i do start driving things up because the thing is while while performance is there it is almost just sort of a you know make make use of it because as we've yeah. discussed before you know we don't we don't see volume as a, a driver of hypertrophy, pr- particularly, you know, when looking at things from a, you know, a, a progressive overload point of view. So, you know, we, we certainly don't think that there'd be much to gain from, from a hypertrophy standpoint by introducing sort of the, the top and back off approach to many of these movements. Um, so it is almost just sort of, you know, reap, reap what, what, what we can until our volume requirements sort of increase more so as kind of a result of getting bigger and stronger as opposed to trying to make it a, a cause of us getting bigger and stronger. I think that's yeah. probably a, a, a good way that's to, a nice to, way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the kind of setup of our training. Hopefully it gives you a, a good idea behind sort of why we do things in the way that we do, you know, why I might like tag on some arms here and there. Cause you know, a couple of good things to quickly wrap up on quickly is the bent over row. I like, cause I, I think it is just a good density builder for, for the back. Uh, I think it carries over nicely to other pulls like the RDL, just, you know, staying over in that bent over position, arguably with a little more kind of cheat with a, a with a wee bit of hip hinge. Um, I never I never make them too sloppy, but I'm also not of the opinion that they need to be like the strictest things in the world. Uh, pro- probably like your, your, your good kind of, you know, uh, a, a, a Yates row, but again, not, not to be abused. Um, a lot of people do fall into the habit of making the, the bent over a real sloppy. 
um, which I don't agree with either. No, uh, but again, more, more so doing it for, you know, again, I think it's good for the erectors in the upper back and again, do need more density and it carries over nicely to, to other pulls. And this is where, again, you know, the individuality comes in because Ben might switch this out very soon. Um, arms, quickly, quickly touching up on that. Yes, I do think one set at the beginning of the leg day is enough to, to cause some sort of stimulus. Again, I think if you set to all out quality, there's no reason why it can't be. And this is again where we kind of look at, you know, managing those training variables. Because if I'm training arms every other day, uh, then this is where, you know, volume needs to be very low to accommodate recovery. Uh, but then if volume is very low, then those sets need to be all out quality to ensure that we are stimulating something. Uh, but yeah. I can guarantee you that in a few months, my arms will be improved. So that will be the, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why we do things. Hopefully that's given you a good idea of sort of the, the individuality behind, you know, a couple of the things that differ in our training, but with pretty similar goals for the most part, you know, Ben and I are probably the few people uh, that sort of can train together and do pretty much everything together. Uh, a lot of people really, you know, shouldn't have training partners, I, I think, because, some people's goals just don't match at all. And they almost try to kind of squeeze in their training with each other in a way that just really isn't uh, compatible to, and conducive to the goal. Whereas mm -hmm. Ben and I do do train together for, for, for that reason. Um, you know, everything that we do fits nicely together. You know, Charlie and I have trained, you know, on and off for periods of time. There are times when things are, are there lined up nicely for us. But, you know, again, Th things have to be uh, according to the goal which is why we don't currently train together because you know Charlie and I have pre pretty opposite ph physiques for, for the most part um, so you know again makes sense that, that our setup is is different in, in that regard um, so yeah that's that's that uh, I think that's probably the sort of the, all the updating done so maybe we just finish off with a, a couple of just random little bits which which I wanted yeah. to, to touch on because yeah. yeah that makes sense because I think this has been reasonably long already to be fair so yeah it probably makes us to start to wrap things up in terms of yeah. a bit more the, the fun parts now the questions that we always ask our guests that are just hard to answer so we're gonna ask ourselves now yeah, so we, we obviously have been now a, a bit notorious for asking our guests their, their top three movies, uh, which has obviously, you know, sparked some people asking us what are, what are our favourite movies. Uh, so we thought while we're giving you these updates and just us two here on a, on a full-length episode, no, nothing educational, we'll run through that. Uh, but we're, we're going to go above and beyond for you. We're going to tell you our top five. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to try. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a hard question. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'll start to give Ben some, some time to think as well. So my favorite movie of all time, uh, partially for the nostalgia, but I do also think now, you know, can, looking in hindsight and putting yourself in the mind of the audience at the time, I think it's also sort of creative genius. Um, favorite movie of all time is uh, Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, the original. Um, I, I, again, partially for the nostalgia, I'm quite a nerd. So I do like things like Star Wars and sci-fi bits. Um, but I think uh, A New Hope, again, just sort of putting yourself in the mind of the audience when you watch that movie, you do just see that it is pure genius. Um, so that's probably my favourite movie of all time. Always an enjoyable watch. Um, mm -hmm. You know, decent, decent actors with good chemistry, de decent script, <laughs> uh, plot and, and, and kind of, you know, the, the, the way that the movie's paced and everything. Very, very actually uh, quite, quite good on it. George's part so yeah that's that, that's probably my favorite of all time uh number two th this one's just personal favorite I don't even think it's a very good movie I just really enjoy it for for whatever reason Point Break um with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze I'm a huge Swayze fan in general actually 
Um, but I just think the movies are a real, you know, j just funny. Uh, par partially for, for the cringe, because especially back then, I don't think Keanu was a, a great actor. Um, so there are some scenes which are almost just funny for the cringe. Uh, but I think that the storyline's pretty decent, very, very kind of old classic movie type thing, which I, I just in, in enjoy watching. Um, I think that one's pretty hilarious. So that one's probably my second favorite of all time. I just enjoy it. I know it's not a great movie by any stretch. Uh, number three, one which I think is actually a pretty great movie is Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think this will probably be in quite a few people's sort of top whatever movies. Uh, yeah, I think that one was hilarious. Brilliant, brilliant acting, brilliant story, of course. Um, can, can watch that one time and time again when I get sick of it. Number four, um, possibly, I, I, I can't remember if, I, if I've changed it since talking to you because I feel like I had something different for number four, but maybe not. Uh, Kingsman, the, this one was one that Ooh, I, I just really enjoyed when I first watched it. Like my mind was truly blown, um, especially because I, when I watched the trailer, I didn't think it would be that good. And then when I went and watched it with my mate, I was truly blown away and I got home and I was like, mom, you have to go watch this movie. It was amazing. Uh, tr truly brilliant. Something very, very different. Absolutely hilarious. Some of my favorite jokes of all time are in that movie. Um, I, I can probably quote more than uh, more of it than I'd like to admit. Yeah, just really, really good. And then uh, five to wrap up the list. I'm probably going to go with, uh, again, I don't know if I've changed this because I felt like I had something different as, as my fifth one when we discussed this previously. Um, but I, I don't know which order I'd have it in. So either um, either The Dark Knight or The Prestige. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Nolan fan and a big Christian Bale fan as, as well. As he should be, as he should be. Yeah, Bale's probably my, my favourite actor of all time, actually. I think he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, either, either The Dark Knight or The Prestige. Uh, obviously very different movies, but... Uh, both just amazing in their own regard. I, I, everyone's seen The Dark Knight, so I probably don't need to delve into that one too no. much. Um, but uh, the, the Prestige is one I haven't stopped ranting about since I've watched it, and I highly recommend if someone hasn't watched it, then please go watch it. I think I, I'm tempted to give the place to The Dark Knight just because I can't actually really fault it, whereas I can't. It's can definitely better than one, Prestige. Yeah, yeah there's, there's that definitely one bit better. of Prestige that I, I think does unfortunately spoil the, the plot a bit. Uh, again, I don't know if that was almost based on kind of the, the book and the time era that, that it was kind of written, um, but there is a big sort of point to the plot, which I'm really not fond of. And if you've watched the movie, you probably know what I mean, because I think everyone has the same complaint. Uh, but the way that it was written in regards to sort of the, the script and the, the layout of the movie and the way it was directed, I thought was pure genius on Nolan's part. I really loved the twists, even though I could see some of them coming, but the, the, the last one got me. So if you like more of a sort of mystery style movie and you like magic and you like having your mind absolutely blown, then uh, you'll love that one. Yeah. Um, the the interesting one there is Kingsman. Kingsman is a fantastic movie, but can I put it top five? I, I can't. I can't. It is a fantastic, like it's a movie I truly enjoyed watching. I agree. I also really like number two as well, but I, I can't. I can't put it in top five. Uh, yeah, this is, this is tough. Um, now, what I, I really do like is I like movies with a twist. I, I love movies with a twist. Uh, I like psychological thrillers as well. That's my, that's my jam. So top five movies uh, is tough. And I'm going to say it in no particular order because I, I can't put an order on it. That's but number one, 
number one is is Shutter Island. Shutter Island is, in my opinion, probably Leonardo DiCaprio's best film. It's unbelievably good. It's unbelievably good. Uh, also has Mark Ruffalo in it as well. Shutter Island is is fantastic. Honestly, if you've seen it, my God, it is good. Just watch it. I can't say anything more. Just watch it. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Number two would probably have to be, again, there's no particular order, probably The Hateful Eight, which is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Again, any of his movies are fantastic, but that's probably my favourite. It's one of the newer ones, but it's probably my favourite. Um, yeah, it's definitely my favourite, actually. That, again, that needs to be watched if you haven't seen it. Uh, number three would... Again, I'm, quite, I'm a horror fan, so I've got to include at least one horror movie. And so the best horror movie, definitely, unbelievably, definitely the best horror movie is uh, is The Conjuring 2. That is incredible. Really, 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 really good. Really, really, really good. Um, very, very good. Again, if you've seen it, you know how good it is if you haven't watched it. Um, yeah, if you're a horror fan, you'll... And what's so fucking creepy, what's so fucking creepy is at the end in the credits, they play some of the original tapes that are within the movie. Oh my god! Oh my god! It, it just it sends shivers down your spine. Seriously, like, but that's that's the thing is you want that from a horror movie. It it, it, it yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. It's very 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 good. And again, it's supposedly based on a true story. Uh, now, whether the actual events are caused by what the movie suggests they are, probably not. But the actual again, you hear the original tapes and like, oh Jesus Christ! I need to just just disappear. I just, I can't face life anymore. Because, uh, yeah, it, shed, it sends the ship's time spine. Um, for, it's a tough call between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises because The Dark Knight is brilliant. But I just, and the Joker, and obviously, um, and Heath Ledger is brilliant as the Joker. I, I was going to say, I think it has to be just, just but, on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never, there's uh, in terms of performance, there's probably never been a better performance ever from yeah, anyone. Never I say it, yeah. But I really like the Bane character as well. It this sounds weird. This does sound weird, but I really like his voice, especially <laughs> in the cinema. <laughs> in the cinema, when I first watched it, and you first hear his voice, and obviously you got the surround sound, and you hear this voice, and you're like, whoa. Uh, it's it's weird, someone but... say that they really like the noise of someone talking into a Pringles can, but <laughs> it's just weird. It's just that first line. It's like it's just brilliant, and and Tom Hardy again does a great job. Um, yeah, for sure. Number five. Hmm. Again, I'm trying to think. I know I feel like I'm missing something. Missing something big and obvious. Uh, I think you're probably going to go with Lord of the Rings. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could go for Twin Towers or Return of the King. I could, but I'm not going to. Okay. I feel like I'm missing something more obvious. And I, again, I could easily, quite go easily, go with like an Avengers film because I love the superhero. Okay. I love the entire Marvel saga. I love it. Absolutely love it. I think you know but, when we originally have talked about this before. I think Endgame was in your top three. I think. Yeah, it, it probably is. But here's the key thing is more so Marvel. If we look at it on an individual film level, it is brilliant, but it also, they do rely on the whole yeah, saga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so therefore, realistically, can I put oh, an individual yeah. movie in? Fair play. Maybe not. Um, I'm just trying to think of some... 
There's, 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 there's quite a few Leo movies that I've told you to watch that you've never seen, and I'm trying to think of some of them now. Um, obviously, Shutter Island is a, is a key one. Um, what else have I told you? There's, there's Catch Me If You Can. Inception and Interstellar. Oh, Inception is a good film. Oh, in, in, Interstellar wasn't with Leo. I'm just, I'm just, no, thinking, I wasn't with I'm Leo. just thinking on the line of Nolan. Sorry, Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. Yeah. Um, Interstellar might be in the top five, actually. Yeah, I might go. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to go back, I know you've definitely told me to watch that one. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Interstellar. Okay. Shout so. out though, I'm going to give a shout out to a film that is definitely not my top five, but it's one of those films. The, the film that I've watched that basically go, "What the fuck?" Like, I'll, I'll never understand the film. I don't think anyone will ever understand the film. Um, it's with Jake uh, General. Uh, it's called Enemy. Um, still to this day, just. The ending, I'm like, what? Like, what? What the fuck? I, 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 I can't make sense of it. You need. To, it's not. Again, it's not a film that you'll, you know, you would ever put in your top five. But I'm giving it a shout out because I want people to go watch it and just try to make sense of it because I, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't think anyone gets it. I even did one of those things after where you go on YouTube and sort of search for the ending explained, and they couldn't even explain it. Gotcha. So yeah, watch it and yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it's uh, I'm confused. I, I don't have any words to describe it. I, I like it's... Jake Gyllenhaal, so I probably will watch that one. Definitely. Yeah, it, it is good. It's just like what the fuck. Um, yeah, so they're, they're probably my top five. Um, oh, <laughs> you thought of something now? I've just remembered another brilliant movie, but I, with Jake Gyllenhaal in. Oh my god, what's it called? Oh, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen, actually. Oh, I've just remembered that. I'm going to have to watch that again. It's so, so good. But you can't remember. Oh, I'm going to tell you. We'll talk about this after the podcast is finished because I, I don't, uh, we'll, don't want to remember. We'll pop it in the description. Uh, but, oh, my God. Yeah, I've just remembered. It. Oh, my. What is that film? It's, I can't remember. It's a brilliant film with J.J. M. Hall. Um, it's a psychological thriller. So if you know what I'm talking about, put it in the comments. Um, yeah, uh, I've just, yeah, literally just remembered that movie. I've watched it once, um, and it just, it just popped in my head there. And because I'm, I'm just, because again, psychological thrills are my favorite type of movies. I always, I just tick it over my mind trying to think about which ones. I've just remembered that one exists. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's J.J. Hall anyway. I'm going to literally look on my phone after this, but yeah, that's that's the top five for now. Right. Yeah, decent, decent list for sure, for sure. And then the final one, just because just because I was discussing this with someone the other day, and then I realized that we've discussed prior which infinity stone we'd have if we had to pick one. But I don't think we've ever actually discussed what superpower we'd have if, if we could pick like any superpower. So then the last one I'm gonna ask you is what superpower would you have if you could have one and, and why? Well, I mean, I've already got super strength, so not that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> No, I've I've always wanted to be able to fly. That simple. I, I think it would be just so fun. Fair, fair. And for no other purpose, and it'd be so fun. Now I'm gonna break. I want to go through a few things here. So, number one would be fly, because I think it'd be fun. But I also think it'd be cool to do. Is it telekinesis when you move stuff with your hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would also be awesome. Now another popular one is teleportation. But the reason why I've always said I would never pick teleportation, not because it's boring, because it would be pretty cool to teleport anywhere you wanted at any time. It would instantly do it. 
But the thing people don't realize of teleportation is it's not you that comes out on the other side. It's an exact, exact carbon copy of you. So technically, technically, every time you teleport, you kill yourself. Yeah. And so I wouldn't pick teleportation based on the fact that it is technically suicide, even though it wouldn't seem it from your point of view, because from your point of view, it would be exact carbon copy, same memories, everything would be exactly the same. Even though it wouldn't seem it, technically it is. And so that's why I, I wouldn't pick teleportation. Funnily enough. But yeah, that's uh, flying because I just think it would be unbelievably fun. Yeah, fair. That, that's actually, flying is actually the one that mine, the one thing that mine doesn't encompass because mine would be time control, which includes time travel. Uh, and ironically, one of the reasons why is because I thought that that just basically gives you any power that, that you could want. Because like, for example, the teleporting thing, I'd argue that it's pretty much just the same, even if it takes a little longer to just freeze time go wherever you need to go because let's be honest no one can stop you so you want to go like steal some you know federal secrets or something you could just stop time yeah, you could. where you wanted to go um so i'd say that that probably encompasses things just just as good in in regards to sort of the teleporting thing but actually that's the one thing that it can't do you can't actually fly um so yeah um but i think if it came down to like a some sort of battle then obviously time control would definitely win there because you could just stop said person from flying. So, But, yeah, but once if they'd somehow managed to already fly and get above you, how are you going to get to them? We, well, we, with frozen time, there are a multitude of options you could you could take for it from that and not anything that they could really do to, to, to stop you from doing that. Key question, though. If you're freezing time, are you still aging? You, you can... You can you, well, by time control, you'd be able to choose like what exactly is affected and what isn't affected by time. Because, like for example, I always think of that scene in, in Doctor Strange where he uh, uneats the apple and stuff. For example, so I yeah, think but he, still, he, he always still ages. Huh? So the question is: Can you can you can you stop the aging? Yeah, without a, without without a doubt. Because I mean, well. Uh, yeah, because you, you'd just be able to undo time on, on yourself. So. And, and here's the interesting about time control is technically the, you can't stop all time because no matter what, you still have to experience this moving forward within yeah. time. So technically, time control is cool, but it doesn't control every aspect of time. It, it, it's still time control, though. No, because you you're still just, have you're to. Just affecting what is and isn't affecting. No, because you time. still have to. You still have to move forward in time to be able to do anything. Yeah, while while time's frozen, but that's why I'm saying it, you're just a, a, you're more so than anything. You're almost affecting what is and isn't, uh, you know, con controlled by by time. Yeah, but uh, like, so what I'm saying is like technically, so time around you is frozen, but your yeah. actual time itself. Yeah. always has to move forward otherwise you'd be frozen yourself yeah 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 fair, fair point and one which most people probably hadn't considered uh, and then sort of the other reason for for time control is just sort of as, as mentioned earlier i just get off on on achieving things and sometimes a, a big sort of stress that i find is almost just not having enough time in the day to do everything that i want to do which kind of sometimes drives me nuts with all the stuff that i kind of really feel the the need to do to kind of progress to where i want to be I just think if I could if I could control time, then no problem. I could just learn everything I wanted, just do whatever you want to do. I think I, I you know, t t time exactly as you said is what allows things to be. 
you know, any event is just a product of, of time, essentially. So it, I think it pretty much does just make you the, the most, you know, powerful, you know, sort of being if you have the, the ability to control that as, a, as opposed to pretty much kind of any I'll, other. I'll take, I'll take it one step further. On. Right. Have the superpower of being a super genius and then you could work out. Work out time travel. Play. I consider that one. Yeah. Cause I, cause I thought technically Rick Sanchez it, it, it would actually just be mm. the most powerful person in the galaxy. Cause he can just freeze time. Can't he? I mean, it already I is, can't decide he? because then there is almost sort of that, you know, someone could just like steal one of your gadgets and then you're kind of fucked, aren't you? So part, part of it, I, I think would just be, you know, having sort of the, the, the time power yourself mm. would arguably potentially would be better than super intelligence because I guess you, you could almost just, uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I guess quite cynical here, but I mean, really you could just stop time and go back in time to kill said super genius. <laughs> so um, yeah, even though there is always the argument that you can't actually affect the future based on past events of you to go change them. Um, so yeah, it, it it depends which way you kind of look at that paradox, but let's let's not get into that because that's a whole it, it, that is a complete paradox. Technically, though, what happens in that paradox is just a different timeline. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think all in all, I think time travel would be the the one to have. So also kind of answering two questions in one. If anyone was therefore wondering what sort of infinity stone ben and i would go for probably obvious on my part the time stone yeah mm. I, well I, I i just think like dr strange is pretty op as it is and i think he's underrated in general but yeah <laughs> anyway that's probably a, a a good one to sort of tie up on yeah it's been a long podcast as well you honestly think it might be the longest one we've had so far yeah but hopefully hopefully the the ogs will all kind of come listen to this and enjoy just us two kind of just going off on one about it, some 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 fun things and see what we're thinking regarding training and stuff so yeah we'll tie it up there because we have uh, we have been chatting shit for a while now so yeah. hope everyone enjoyed we'll be back to our regularly scheduled content very soon we've got some very cool stuff coming we've got some uh, very cool guests already scheduled to come mm -hmm. on so uh yeah stick around hope you enjoyed this one and we will see you in the next one yep see you in the next one